Simply Said is the place we come together to talk about the simple ways we can live well, do good, and be happy. And we might just change the world while we're at it. Are you ready? Let's do it! So, today we're talking rejection. Nope, I don't like it. I mean, even the word sounds harsh. It takes me back to the days at Seaside Heights Elementary School when the boys, and it was almost always the boys in this case, when the boys would block the basketball as hard as they could right into your face during P.E. or try to knock your block off with the red rubber ball during dodgeball. I mean, seriously, did they always aim for the head? And when they would hit you, they would scream, rejection! Sometimes we would even shout face, as in facial. Ugh, it all meant the same. It meant you'd been rejected. And it doesn't matter what your age, it doesn't matter whether you're in PE or getting your heart broken or having your publishing deals turned down. It doesn't feel good. But I have learned to deal with it better over the years. And I have some tips that might help you too. And here's what I've learned about rejection. When we become good at dealing with it, then we are brave enough to do anything. And that is freedom. Hi, I'm Polly, and this is Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about practical ways to live well, do good, and be happy. And I really think living well and feeling good about it is a product of how we deal with the adversity that comes into our life. It's a product of how we deal with rejection. I was a college student in a journalism program And I was taking a magazine class. And as part of the assignment, a graded assignment, we had to research a magazine and then write a proposal called a query letter. It's a very specialized one-page letter telling the magazine about your story idea and why they should hire you to write it. And then in those days, we did this all on a typewriter or one of those big bulky personal word processors that were just coming out, like a big brother thing that had a screen and and was big and lumpy like a typewriter though we had to type this this letter out send it to the magazine and hopefully they would hire you to write the piece so I did that and in those days you had to send it out in a self-addressed stamped envelope SASE there was no email because this was prehistoric times apparently um, when I was growing up so that dates me a bit so I sent my letter out and Within a week, I got a response. I was the first one in class to get a response. And spoiler alert, it wasn't a good one. It wasn't even a written one (laughs) across my very own letter sent in the envelope that I had paid for with the stamp was written in a red Sharpie, sorry, and that was it. You know, rejection is a big part of the publishing world. And that was just the beginning of the rejections I've received. I've had a lot of practice learning to deal with it. But I imagine you have too, if you're breathing, right? Because rejection is part of life. There are going to be days we don't get the job, that we don't make the team, that our proposal is rejected or our budget is rejected. You know, sometimes our offer for that dream house is going to be rejected by realtors or the woman of your dreams is going to break your heart. There are going to be days and times when we aren't going to get what we want most. That's no surprise. But it's what we do with that rejection. It's what we do next when our heart is breaking that determines 
how well we'll do going forward. Are you going to move forward, learn to deal with the setback, or are you going to limit your options and play it safe so you never have to feel the pain of rejection again? And let's be clear, rejection hurts. I write a lot about this in my book, How to Live an Awesome Life. You can find it on Amazon, Beach Books, other booksellers all over the place. And there's quite a lot of research that I studied before writing this book because I found it really fascinating. Scientists know that rejection, uh, social exclusion, having your ideas turned down, people giving you the brush off, those forms of rejection make us hurt. They cause us physical pain. Naomi Eisenberger from UCLA found that when we are socially rejected by friends or a romantic interest, that rejection is processed by the anterior insula and the dorsal anterior cingulate cortex. Okay, fancy words for brain, right? Those are the same places in our brain that process our physical pain. So when we get our feelings hurt, when we feel left out or shut down by someone, it does hurt. And to help us manage that physical pain that we feel after an emotional rejection, our brain and body also releases natural painkillers, just as it does when we are physically injured, adrenaline and other chemicals to help us through. In other words, our bodies and our brains process social exclusion and rejection the same way it does when we stub our toe or hurt our arm or cut our finger. Rejection is processed the same way as our body copes with physical pain. In fact, one study shows that if you are feeling heartache of rejection, you can take an aspirin and it'll help you feel better, right? The the bottom line is rejection does hurt, but we have to go on and how we go on what we do next, we either help us move through it and get over it or keep us stuck and limited in our life, afraid to go forward and try again next time. The pain of rejection is actually a benefit, although it feels crappy. <laughs> the pain of it is part of our evolutionary wiring according to Guy Winch from the University of Michigan. In our tribal days, those who didn't quite belong to the group, those who didn't fit in with the tribe or didn't do their part, felt pain of rejection. And that helped them make different choices or self-correct their behavior so they weren't excluded by the group so that they could survive, right? Because being in a tribe, belonging to a social network, is part of our very survival, even today, right? Social connection is a huge part of our mental and emotional health. So when we feel rejected, the pain that we feel from that rejection can be motivating. It can help us correct our behavior, do better, and learn about ourselves and the world in a way that helps us move forward in a positive way, right? It can be the motivating force if we're paying attention. But I got to tell you, that's not what I'm thinking when my book proposal is rejected or when my daughter doesn't want to hang out with me, although I'm getting used to that now. She's 13. I've worked through it. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to hang out with her either, so it's just fine. Don't tell her I said that. You know, when I'm feeling hurt or disappointed or left out, 
I'm not thinking, oh, this is great. This is going to teach me a whole lot. I'm throwing my head on the desk and crying or complaining and blaming. I blame editors and I blame my husband and I blame my dog and I blame all of mankind for not seeing my sheer talent and ability and my brilliance. And I wallow for a few minutes and then I get over myself. I get up and move my body. I go for a walk. I call a friend. I vent. I get a coffee or a margarita. I just change my physical space and that can help me change my mood and get a little perspective. So the first place I go to deal with my rejection and my sad feelings and my upset feelings about that, my self-doubt, is not to the silver lining. I get there. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But I just need a moment to take it all in. It hurts. It stings, right? And when you are feeling the pain of rejection, you've got to give yourself some time to really feel it. Sometimes that's a few days. Sometimes that's 10 minutes. You'll know depending on what you're facing and how you work through your life. For me, in most cases, particularly with work things, I may think about it over the next few days, but I really only wallow for about 10 minutes. And during that time, whatever time you take to really feel the disappointment, it's important that you not behave badly. Because here's the thing, in our hurt, because of our hurt feelings, that's when we can pop off and say stupid things, or drink too much, or exercise too much, or overeat too much, right? We want to do something to numb that discomfort, and we behave badly. So whatever time you need to feel bad, to take in those feelings, give it all. But make sure you're not behaving badly during that time. Just be mindful because you don't want to have more things you have to fix when you come out of that because you are going to come out of it, right? That's a sure thing. So when you learn that you can sit in those moments of rejection and feel bad without breaking, then you no longer have to be afraid. Of course, we don't want to feel icky. We don't want to be left out. We want to be invited to the party, even if we're not going to go, right? Everybody wants to be included. But when you aren't, when you don't get the green light, when you're not getting the promotion, when you don't get the grid, it's uncomfortable and it hurts. And you can sit in that hurt and you can bend and not break. And once you see that, you're free. Because rejection is a part of life. But when we know it can't break us down, when we can stay on track toward the things we want, we no longer have to be afraid. And when you're not afraid, you're more likely to try again, to redirect, reconnect, tweak things, improve and go forward. So when you're dealing with rejection, feel the pain of it. And then move right into self-compassion, right? Rejection is part of the human experience. But self-criticism, I'm a dog, I'm dumb, this is never going to work, I can never do this, I'm a total failure, that's not going to get you anywhere. But a more self-compassionate approach can help you identify what went wrong, if there's any responsibility for that, and learn from it. And also recognize your own humanity. And when I'm in this mode, I'm like, well, I say this to myself. Well, I'm not going to hit it out of the park every time. Well, this means there's something else to learn here. And it allows me to get back to work before I beat up on myself. And that's a big difference because when you're feeling down already, filling your brain with the the inner voices and messages of self-doubt and failure are not going to help 
move you ahead. But a little tolerance, a little gentleness with yourself, talking to yourself as you would a friend, actually frees you up to move forward. After that, take a little distance or perspective, right? Look at what happened. I received a rejection on a story proposal the other day, and I was upset. And to be honest, I was surprised. I thought I'd done a good job, and I thought it was a perfect fit for the magazine. And after all these years, I don't get a ton of rejections anymore because I've worked really hard to understand the process. So I went through the whole laying my head on the desk blaming the world stage. And when I got through it, I took a look at the work I'd sent and I realized it just wasn't very focused. It wasn't my best effort. I didn't think about certain technicalities of the magazine and the market enough. And those were all things I could improve. I did. I rewrote the proposal, query letter, and I ended up selling the piece the very next day. So acknowledge your feelings, treat yourself gently with a little self-compassion, and then Take a little perspective. What happened and why? What's your responsibility to this? What can you improve? If you're not getting invites to dinner or the after work parties, take a minute to think about that. What's going on? Is it because you've turned down every invitation before? Have you communicated to your coworkers that you don't like to socialize after work? Is there anything you could do differently? Look at your responsibility in the situation and consider if it's worth making any changes. And then recognize that there isn't a whole lot that is under our control. A rejection may be simply a result of your boss having a bad day or an argument with her husband, right? It might be someone sending a text to a wrong number or another script, confusion on their end that results in you not getting invited. Who knows what's going on? Most of the time, it's not directly related to us. So after you've examined the situation, recognize what you are in charge of, how you can improve, what you care about, if it matters, and recognize that you don't have control over the rest of it. And then you're free. You don't have to take it personally. Often other factors come into play that have nothing to do with you. So don't make it about you. And don't go down the rabbit hole of neediness and stalking and spamming with thousands of text messages and negative self-talk, right? You can feel hurt and disappointed, but you don't have to be the crazy girl crying on the end of the phone or sending cry emojis all night long. I guess that's what they would do now, right? And lamenting the end of the world. Evaluate the thoughts that you're having the things that are running through your head, and channel a little Byron Katie. Have you heard of her? Her work is actually called The Work. And if you have a chance to watch a video of her talking on YouTube or something, you, you should check it out. She's one of the most peaceful speakers I've ever seen. And she talks about the work. And she has a series of questions. When you're going down that rabbit hole of negativity and self-criticism, challenge yourself. Are the thoughts you're having true? And how do you know for sure? And she has a few other steps that are worth looking into. But basically, after I ask those two questions, it's done for me. Because no, the messages I have going through my head are almost never true. Examine them. You are not a failure as a wife and mother because you burned the kale, right? We take this stuff so seriously, big and small, and we let it build up and we buy into these random thoughts going through our head. Challenge them. Are your thoughts about rejection, the things racing through your head, are they true? And how do you know for sure? 
And then at this point, we could go for the silver lining. You know, my favorite old silver linings. It's so cliche, but I loved them because I think there's a silver lining in everything. And I think it makes all the difference this stop. And I think our experience becomes so much more interesting and powerful and mystical when we recognize that. How many times have you lost a job, lost a love, lost an opportunity, only to find yourself stumbling into something better, as in much better? Most often, I think of my rejections and setbacks as making space for something better. Of course, I'm holding tight to some of these things. I want some of these projects to go, and and I want to belong to different groups, and I want to be a part of things. But often when those things don't happen the way I think I want, It frees up my time and energy and space, and that makes room for better things to come in. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. I mean, we already talked about it. Rejection is painful. But I'm also aware, even within those moments of pain, that I don't have to worry. Because when something goes away, there is room for something better to arrive. And by thinking like that, I am free to go after the better right? And so are you. If we stay stuck in this fear that, oh, I can't write this, or I can't meet this guy, or I can't do this because it might not work out and I might be rejected, then we spend a lot of lonely times on the couch accomplishing nothing. But if we get brave and we understand that we won't break under rejection, we can persist until we achieve what's meaningful to us. And that's what this comes down to. Feel bad for a bit understand what happened to cause the rejection as much as you can, but also recognize that you don't control when the sun sets, right? Let go of the things you cannot control. Don't dwell. Take just a few minutes or a half hour to understand what went wrong and your role in it. Be gentle with yourself and then take a step toward what you want. When I'm writing and a proposal or article idea gets turned down by an editor, I look at what I can do to improve it immediately and I send it right back out the same day because that keeps the dream alive and it keeps me focused on the possibility rather than the failure. And life is filled with both. That's how we work with them that determine how we'll feel and determine how we'll live. And that brings us to today's Simply Nifty segment where I talk about something I love or something that has influenced me or improved my life or something that's just fun. And today it's a YouTube video by Jia Zhang. And he was a young man who was scared stiff by rejection. He felt like I was holding him back. He wouldn't try certain things. He was an entrepreneur and he wouldn't try certain things because he was so afraid that it wouldn't work out. So he challenged himself with 100 days of rejection. He came up with 100 things to do, and he practiced getting rejected every day. And he has a TED Talk about it on YouTube. So search for him on YouTube, Jia Zhang, and you spell his name J-I-A, and his last name is J-I-A-N-G. And he's also got a website at www.rejectiontherapy.com, and you can search for his 100 Days of Rejection Therapy there. He's very engaging, and it's very funny. So it's really an enjoyable talk, but he set himself up for rejection, like asking a stranger on the street for a hundred bucks and going to the fast food guy and asking for a refill on his hamburgers, things that he knew would be rejected. And in the beginning, he talks about how he wanted to run away after every response, but also how he challenged himself to get better. And in the process, he recognized that if he didn't run from rejection, he could learn a lot about it. And often, 
create the very situation he wanted. Often people would wind up saying yes when he engaged with them and talked to them and learned why instead of running away and putting his head down. The more rejection he experienced, the more comfortable he became. And I think that's true for all of us. We can get good at dealing with rejection. Doesn't mean it won't hurt, but it means we'll be okay. So are you up for it? Because that's our Simply Start for today. Set yourself up for rejection. Set yourself up by asking for something you want, even with the threat of rejection looming. Ask him out. Ask her for more money or responsibility at work. Ask your partner to take you out for dinner or entrance to a class that is already full. Ask for a favor. And if you are rejected, celebrate because you know now how to deal with it. This is the practice and it won't break you. It won't even hold you back. But if your idea is accepted, celebrate that too because you took a risk in asking and you ended up getting just what you wanted. I've already started on this today. I already set myself up for rejection. I reached out to a top, 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 super duper, ooper, best-selling author, psychologist, and invited him on the show. Chances are he'll say no. I'm sure his schedule is pretty demanding. But what the heck? I'll be okay if he says no. In the meantime, I created the possibility by reaching out. So what are you going to do to simply start today? How are you going to be brave and open yourself to rejection so you are free to create any possibility. That's exciting when we think of it that way, right? You want to talk more about this? Track me down on Twitter at PL Campbell. You can join our Facebook community at Polly Campbell Author. And I will put uh, links to the research and odds and ends in the show description. If you want to learn more about this, you can also pick up my book, How to Live an Awesome Life on Amazon, Beach Books and bookstores everywhere. And thanks for joining me on Polly Campbell Simply Said. Remember, learning to reframe how we look and manage rejection frees us up to do the things we want most. We won't break under rejection and often we'll get even more of the things that we value. And that will help us live well, do good and be happy. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.